And uh, welcome back by a popular demand. Uh, this year's the, the best. What do we call it, Scott? Oh, it's the most supported podcast episode every year. It is, and it is um, the Armchair Experts slash Off-Seasons NRL preview. And a big thanks goes out to uh, our great supporters, 4LG and West FM and the Resonate Network, for allowing us to use the studios. Got the lights on. They've, given, they've got the lights on. The pants are up. We've got to, they even given us a key, Scott. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. They keep trusting us, and we keep letting them down. Scott Parkinson, uh, good evening. Yeah, and, good evening, what's he? And uh, from the Gold Coast, back by popular demand. Well, not popular from people in the West. They're Kate. Waiting for you at the gates with a pitchfork, Luke McDonald. <laughs> hey, fellas, how are we? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Now, lots of um, off-season toing and froing, uh, players going from side to side. Um, probably the big news in the past couple of days is is the Jack Bird injury. Uh, Luke, um, just pinning it down to one off-season story that caught your eye. Um, one off-season story. Look, I pr- probably the big one for me was um, Manisi Finer. I think it um, Manly. You know, he's obviously in some strife there. And before that, I kind of, I was thinking, like, got to be in the conversation for, for, for a premiership. I mean, I know there's a long way to go, but, you know, you've got to stay fit and all those sorts of things. But losing him, pretty, pretty massive. So, um, yeah, decided to stab someone at the church, <laughs> uh, allegedly. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be an issue for Manly. And Scott, uh, one thing that caught your eye in the off-season? Oh, the Latrell Mitchell stuff was a bit of a surprise to me. Like, the fact that he was just such a big story um, and left the Roosters. And I thought, you know, the fact that he's moving to fullback and then the ad and all this campaign around this public image of Latrell Mitchell, I don't think he's the type of guy you want as your poster child. Not because he's bad off the field, but I think it just puts a lot of mental pressure on him. And he's kind of the guy that the Rabbitohs have pinned a lot of hopes on this year. So I kind of was um, overseas, actually in China, um, pre Coronavirus, just for everyone listening. Um, <laughs> that's, what they all, that's what everyone says that comes back. From pa- patient zero, they call me in Longreach. Um, but no, I, I um, came back to that news, and I guess this Bulldogs one that's only just recently, the bad old Bulldogs. I mean, yeah. they've done such a good job of cleaning up their club and creating such a family image. And all it takes is two dickheads in a week yeah. to kind of go backwards. Well, it was alleged, it was alleged that uh, Jonathan Thurston's uh, back down there. That's what's turned them bad. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That could be just a rumor. Let's have a quick look at the. Let's have a quick. Let's have a quick look at the market uh, for 2020. This is to win the premiership. The Roosters are four dollars twenty-five in favourite. Melbourne Storm at six dollars fifty-seven dollars for the Canberra Raiders. Ten dollars each or two. The Parramatta Eels and the South Sydney Rabbitohs and uh, Manly at $12. We're going to start by looking at last year's wooden spooners. We'll go to you, Luke, because you are on the ground at the Gold Coast. The Titans, um, look, they were terrible in uh, 2019. It's got to be said, they don't have to do too much more to get off the bottom. Uh, They're $101 to win the premiership. I think there's a zero missing there. (laughs) Luke, what's the word at the Gold Coast, the feel around the Titans, if anyone knows they still exist, and uh, your thoughts for the 2020 season? Yeah, look, I I really think I mean I've I've been on them the last couple of years to not to win the comp, but that, let's not be silly. But um, I thought I thought I thought they could be big improvers, particularly last year. Uh, that like at, at a price to make the eight, I thought that was a uh, potential. But just some of the decisions, mainly coaching uh, in my opinion you know just some 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 bonehead uh, positions that some of the players were in last year and um and you know people like Bryce Cartwright for instance you know followed obviously Brendan up here and I don't know just I just can't see 
someone like that, you know, being a starting second rower for any first grade side. So, like, this year, obviously, they've got, um, you know, the new coaches come over at Holbrook. Um, and I think there is some positive signs there. They've got a few injuries for the first week in, uh, I think, was it Brimson's injured maybe? And yes. um, Taylor, I think, as well. So that's obviously not a great start. And they do have a really tough first four weeks. But I think that they can. I think that they can do something this year. Um, they, I mean, they've they got to do something to try to get some crowds back. But it's it's, it's a tough draw. Um, and but I think you know they're a smoky. They're a smoky for the eight. Wow, I, I use trigger words a lot, and, and every time that I can't think of the Gold Coast coach, I think Black Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Holbrook Yeah Justin Holbrook I, I'm with you Lukey I don't think they'll make the 8 I think they're going to be Dead outsiders But um, I think 14th Is the position I've got the Titans in I, I think last year They were the skid mark And I think this year They will end the season With a fresh pair of undies They won't be <laughs> As disgusting as they were But I think They'll win a few fans back but I don't think they're going to challenge for the eight. I think a new coach, I think they're trying to get the culture right. I think Melbourne came in there last year, didn't do very much, but I mean, they had the whole coaching debacle and all that, those sort of things going wrong. I think it's really interesting that Joy Arrow is leaving. I think that's a huge loss. Why you'd let a bloke like that leave your club? He's the guy you build clubs around. The fact that he's gone, I think they're going to be crying out for a star player. David Fafita is a guy that I hear, but I mean, 2020, I think they've just got to get through the year. I think they'll be improved and they won't be on the bottom of the ladder. St. George, what Dra- do you think, just quickly, Parker, what do you think about the money that they wanted, that, that Arrow wanted, though? I mean, do you think that that's, I that's think, reasonable? I think he's, like, I mean, forwards, I think the game now, I mean, we used to pay all this big money for flashy halfbacks. I mean, Ashley Taylor, I mean, he's a classic example who's on ridiculous coin. Um, and mm. I know mental problems was part of that and and those sort of things. But I think the game it depends on these big forwards. I mean, South dominated the competition at the start of last year because they had this massive forward pack that just ran rings around everyone else. So I, um, I actually think he's worth that. I think he is a, a really good club man. And I think he is someone that other players would want to play with. I think he's great for the Queensland Origin side. And I was just really surprised. I mean... Maybe you would expect a bit of loyalty. I mean, being someone from the Gold Coast, maybe could have taken a bit of a pay cut there to help kind of build that roster up. But yeah, mate, I would have paid him whatever he wanted. I think he's a player that the Gold Coast would be sorry to lose. Scott, uh, straight back to you with the St. George Illawarra Dragons. One of the proudest sides with a great fan base uh, in the NRL. They showed glimpses last year, but uh, ended up falling all the way down to second last. Uh, how do you see them faring this year? I've got them just above the Titans. I think they'll finish 13th. I think the Dragons are probably... The back to the glory days have been the classic underachievers. I think Mary McGregor's probably the coach under the most pressure. Shane Flanagan's gone there this year. Um, and, and the last time he coached, he got Cronulla a premiership and, and got him, you know, a pretty consistent top four side. I just... I don't know. I mean, they, they're putting their hopes on Ben Hunt. Very He's shallow a, roster. It is a very shallow roster. I mean, they've got some young guys coming through. I know Tristan Saylor's a guy they reckon will feature this year, son of the great Wendell. Um... But to me, I just don't see any flair. Ben Hunt, I don't think he's a guy you want to pin your hopes on. James Graham's still running around at 65, so congratulations <laughs> on your 65th birthday, James. But yeah, the, the Dragons inspire me very, very little. I've got him in 13th. Lukey? Yeah, pretty much the same for me. I've backed him to finish 15th or 16th for about seven or eight bucks or something. Um, I also backed him just to finish dead last. Oh, like there's, you know, it's sort of littered with some players that you think could do something, but they're just like most of them are just sort of 
one every five games type operators, a bit like bit like Mary McGregor actually. So um, yeah, look, really not much to talk about other than what Parko's covered. So yeah, just move on. When your big signing is Isaac Luke, there's not that much news to come <laughs> out still of the going Dragons. Around. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest disappointment in the 2019 series, and I know Luke, you'll echo these uh, thoughts with the North Queensland Cowboys. They got the new stadium. They got the marquee signing of Valentine Holmes. I can tell you right now, I've been to Townsville a couple of times over the past few months. The town is a buzz. Um, this is their really, this is their big chance, Lukey, to get back on their map. The foot's on the throat, though. I mean, it is D-Day for the North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, uh, mate. I, they're, they're seventeen dollars. Yeah, big chance. For, you know, big chance to win the comp. Like realistically, like this is a side that has it has it all there. If they if they can put it all together, they can win. They can win this comp. Um, Obviously, yeah, you know, the, the, the Val Holmes thing is, is massive. Um, be interesting to see how he goes, sort of, obviously, coming back, hasn't played for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, um, SR Masters, you know, obviously, that's a... It's a big that's signing. like, sort of a guy that you feel like he could he could be... Um, he's underachieved, you know? Like, he, he's someone that you can see, you watch him play, and you think, you know, that guy's... He's got it every now and then, but he just can't put it all together um, consistently. And if he can do that, that would be massive because their, their back sort of really did lack last year. Uh, I, do, I do have some concerns still with sort of the, the back five. Um, I mean, barring sort of Felt and um, and Holmes. I mean, Hampton more than done enough last year, but I'm just not sure about him out on the thing. But we'll see. Um, but, yeah, look, they're... they're They've got it all there. Obviously, you've got the best player in the comp in Taumalolo at lock. So if you've got the best player in the comp, then you, you can win it. Parko, uh, we've spoken to a few of the younger Cowboys over the past month or so, uh, Michael Bell, Danny Russell, and Benny Condon. And they all do talk about Eastern Masters, don't they? When you talk about the good players to train with, and a lot of them identify Masters as the one. Oh, 100%. I mean, he was a star. He just came out of nowhere last year when he was playing for the Tigers. And I think with Valentine Holmes going there, it's kind of been lost that he's actually moved over to North Queensland. I think it's an outstanding pickup. And Luke, you mentioned it. The Cowboys haven't had that flair in their back line, and he is someone that can add a bit of that. They've signed a really good young hooker in Reese Robson. And I know Jake Granville, for whatever reason, Paul Green just doesn't like... I get a feeling he doesn't really like Granville. He can, tends to, to hook him after about 50 minutes each game. So, I mean, having two hookers there, I think it's going to improve Granville as well. Um, I don't know. I've got the Cowboys in seventh. I think they'll make the eight. But it all depends on how Holmes goes. If it's like Jared Hayne, we all remember what the, the turn he left on the Gold Coast when he came back. Yeah. He'll be a lot better than that. Um, different let's, personality. Let's be honest. Much different personality. Um, a much better person. I think he'll be better. Yeah, Cowboys will make the eight. I think they're going to be a big improver this year. And if not, again, I talked about Mary McGregor. Paul Green's got to be under pressure too. Yeah. Because the, the Broncos are often looked at. I mean, the Broncos are such a big club. We say they're the most under-pressure Queensland side. Well, I would argue the Cowboys have had a better roster um, post-grand final, and I don't think they've done very much with it. Probably one of the best bets going around is Cowboys top Queensland side at about $2.05, Lukey. Yeah, handy. 
Andy. Hey, Parko, the New Zealand Warriors, a team that continually uh, underachieved. They even took the, the nines away from them this year. <laughs> I, I know you're leading a charge to get the Warriors uh, plucked from the NRL competition and relocated in central Queensland somewhere. They're at about $41. Um, they're going to be the sort of side, Luke, you said, winning that one every four or five and just being a nuisance, really. Yeah, and it, it's such a shame because, I mean, if Tamalolo is the best player in the comp, I would say two of us is Sheck is, is dead set, probably the best backline player. I mean, the amount of meters that guy gets, he is just a star. I mean, every week for the Warriors, and he just it's just such a waste of his career because the Warriors, to me, they're not going to make the eight. They're not going to, um, you know, they'll win an early round or two and everyone will say, look, how dangerous the Warriors, and they'll fall away. Well, I think there's been a big clean-out. Steve Kearney, has been there for a couple of years now. He's gotten rid of Sean Johnson. Isaac Luke's the latest one to go. So he, he's pushing people out the door. He's left with this young roster that he's probably helped to create. But, I mean, who knows? Flip a coin with the Warriors. But, again, I don't see much improvement. I don't think they'll be wooden spoon, which a lot of people are saying they will be. Um, but I think they'll be outside the eight. Lukey, it's always a tough gig, isn't it, with the Warriors? You see them year after year turning out great under-20 sides, but they never really convert, do they? It's just so strange. Like, I mean, you, you go through the list and you, you just can't understand how they can be so bad. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. Like, it, it really, it, it honestly, it defies belief because every second week you've got a side flying however long across the ditch to come to a new time zone and come and play you. you you're often in your prime conditions. You know, it's, it, it's um, cold, it's... Well, you know, I say that actually, but I think you know the wet probably doesn't help them for the night games. But for the for the for the colder day games, you know, that's just perfect. But they just can't, they just can't do it, and it's so strange. I've backed them to finish last, yep. but it wouldn't surprise me if they win the premiership. Go on a run. It's just <laughs> like you know, they, they just you you can't tell. I mean, like I said, you go through this list; they're all quality players, but. When it comes to the crunch, they just often can't get it together. Um, yeah, it, and, and the, their, their variance is so massive. It can either be a horrible, horrible season yet again, or it can be just uh, diamonds. Lukey, uh, let's take a look at a side that was awful for the best part of 2019. They made a little charge late and uh, sort of finished middle of that bottom eight. We talk about the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, they're $41 in the market. Look, I think they're a sneaky, sneaky chance for the eight. This is this is almost the opposite of the Warriors in that they they just stick at it. You know, they, they're always grinding away this side. Um Dean Pay really instilled something in them last year, and and they surprised a lot of people. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna shake a few trees again. Obviously, um, a return to the um, what was it, Deception Bay or wherever it was. The <laughs> Cop Sabre. All those years ago, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not going to be very beneficial to them. But um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna shake a few people up again. They're just. They're not flashy, but they grind away, and um, sometimes that's all you need. Lukey, yeah, obviously they'll be sweating on Kieran Foran. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't mind this Brandon Wakeham though. Like he, um, he really showed something for Fiji. I think it was in the internationals. Um, so I think um, you know he, he's got something to offer. And, and I mean, with Foran, I mean like he's. 
doesn't seem like his body's been up to it for some time. So yep. it's kind of maybe a force to sort of move on and find find another option could be good. Uh, how do you see the Bulldogs faring, Scott? They're a very tough side to watch, uh, to be honest. I mean, you know, they do win games defensively. I mean, if you watch a Bulldogs victory, if it's 8-6, um, they've done pretty well to win even by two points. I thought they would be everyone's kind of second team almost this year. Like, everyone kind of got behind them in the last year. They had a mathematical chance to make the eight. They just fell short. I think this off-field thing is going to – I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what impact that has. I mean, they've – like I said before, they've tried so hard to get their culture right. They've just lost a major sponsor. It just seems like three steps forward and eight steps back. I mean, like, it's going on a school visit and then taking some of the kids home. That's just not – it's not right. It's a bit dodgy, and I don't, I don't, that's your, you know, if that's your, um, if that's what you're looking for when you come to schools, I think you got to really question yourself. And then one took a teacher home. Well, what about what about some of the, what about some of the people on Twitter commenting on it today, saying, "Oh, well, they were 16 years of age; they're of legal age." I, I I just replied and told them to check that bloke's hard drive asap. Oh yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Flag him. Uh, take their blue cards off them. But it's just, oh, I just, I don't understand what goes through these players' minds. Like, I just don't get it. I mean, it's just idiotic behaviour. Well, it's, it is nothing, but it's just so disappointing. Like, I mean, these clubs, the NRL, it always happens that week before mm. the NRL goes back. I mean, we can't just talk about the game and how good the game is. We have to have players do something stupid like this. So, or, before that happened, I would have said maybe a smoky for the eight. Not that it's going to have a huge impact, but I think they'll finish outside the eight. I'm going to switch a couple of teams around here, Parker, and swing to you for the Penrith Panthers. Is this the year that Gus Gould's three-year plan, which has turned into ten, comes to fruition? I've got, <laughs> I've got them uh, making the eight. Um, they had a glimpse there. They had a run, didn't they? Five or six weeks in a row. Russell McGrath was getting around in his Panthers underwear doing the mail run. Yeah, he. he he had his tickets bought, and then from there they lost a sequence in a row and were pretty disappointing, missed the eight. Big in here is obviously Curdy Catewell from Charleville. Yep. Um, they look like a player. Yeah, bodgy. I'll never forget the, the <laughs> scene of the chocolate soldier running up the streets of Longreach in the rain. Um, disgusting. Let's move straight on from that. I'm going to tell you, this is probably my first massive prediction. They're going to finish top four. I, I honestly think the Panthers have a great side. I think last year they had a bit of off-field stuff. Um, they had a few homemade tapes released in the early rounds. Um, and video sales still just declined. For hours. <laughs> yeah. What's he still sweating when his porn tape gets released? But I just it's think... Missing. It's missing. That derailed them. Because last year, I think, was Ivan Cleary's first year in charge. Yeah. Um, you know, taking over from Anthony Griffin. Gus Gould's not there anymore. But, you know, don't don't just look at Kurt Kate. Well, Apisai Coruscant is a great pickup for them. Um, young hooker from Manly. I think they're going to be great. I honestly, this is the year the Panthers actually pay the fans back. I've said top four. Where have you got them, Lukey? Agreed, top four. Um, I mean, while we're going over the good signings, obviously Zane Tedavano as well, massive signing in my opinion, and you know, sort of heavily underrated. Um, yep, top four. I've got them in there. We've sort of covered the other signings. Um, some good depth there as well, um, which is obviously a big thing because you're going to get injuries. You're going to get you know blokes up for representative stuff. Um, so, yeah, got him in there. Next one, we go to the Nova Castrians, the Newcastle Knights, Lukey. <laughs> I know they were costly to you last year. You need them to finish top six. They dropped down a little lower to ninth. Um, Kurt Mann, I spoke to him at the back end of last year, and um, he was pretty confident he was going to start at six. I know he's had to work hard because there's a few knocking on the door. 
Geez, they've got some good youth coming through there, Lukey, and uh, I see them as, as a big improver, and I see them in the eight. Mate, if they don't do it this year, I, mean, I think I've said, I just, I just can't. I can't even deal with it if they can't do it this year. Like, they just, they have it, they have, they've got it all. Like, I don't know what else they want to sort of get it together, and they've at least got to make the eight. At least got to make the eight, in my opinion. Um, you know, new coach as well, so that's got to be some sort of benefit as well. Um, you know, I know Brown came out and sort of threw Kalen under the bus last year by saying that he wanted to get buy-in from the players and it was, you know, sort of the players' decision and namely, I mean, shops stopped short of saying that it was Ponga that wanted to go to sit. But, like, mate, you're the coach. You know, yep. you're supposed to... Your, your job is, is you look at the team makeup and you decide who's going to play in what position and what's best for the team. I mean, you've seen it with Bennett over the years, and I know a lot of the tactical decisions don't come down to Bennett, but, um, like, Gagai's a perfect example, right? Like, he wanted, he was desperate to play centre there, and he's like, nah, you're a winger, you're a winger. Yeah. Oates wanted to go to the second row, no, you're a winger, you're a winger. And, like, that's his job, you know, and, and, he, and he's been proven right countless times. Um you know, I've got them in the eight, but I really am expecting with, with some of those signings, obviously Braley, the big one, you know, got to be pressing for top four. But, Lukey, uh, it's got to be said, Ponga was exactly that in the back half of the season, wasn't he? He was pretty ordinary. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I think he's going to settle back into the one, you know, like oh, I'm confident that he can. It's his, it's his spot. It's, I mean, he, he's coming up against the best fullback in the comp this week, but, it, you know, he he's just got speed to burn. I mean, he can come up into the front line later in, in, in his career when he loses a yard of pace, but right now he's got that electric speed. He's got that electric step. Um, he's got just a, you know, a cannonball on both sides. He can play short. He's got to be in the one, and I'm hoping that he's going to settle right in just like he did a couple of years back. And um, he's gonna he's gonna lead us to a, a top four. Luke, do you do you worry about him leaving? Like, do you think he's gonna be there long term? I know the All Blacks is this thing that he wants to be involved in. I know there was a, a rumor around the Broncos chasing him. I know he's from Queensland. Do you worry that you might lose him? Possibly. I actually thought it was pretty. I know when that that offer came out, there was a lot of sort of talk about they thought that it was an awful offer from the Knights, which was. Yeah, I think it was sort of what was a 1.1 or something a season, and then also he could go and play for the All Blacks in four years or whatever when the World Cup was on. Um, I actually do it was pretty smart business because, mm. like, I'd be very shocked if a the All Blacks have the, that sort of money to compete when it comes up anyway, and b are they really going to take some kid? It's not even playing the code and take him into a, a you know a World Cup. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, like I think it was actually sort of calling the bluff. You know, I think him and his old man. Um, I think they sort of. My understanding is is that they sort of push the the envelope, particularly the old man, with getting getting deals. And I think um, you know they've sort of thrown that out there as a oh well you know he could go and play for the All Blacks or something like that. And the Knights said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll Have a allow that as a clause. Um, yeah. 
And I just think it's calling their bluff. But, look, do you worry that, yeah, of course, I mean, he's not homegrown talent. Um, and so you lose, I guess, a little bit of that sort of loyalty, I guess, um, potentially. But if they have success... It's hard to leave. You know, I'll tell you something. There's no better place to be than a one-team town when you win a game. Oh, definitely. And if you win a comp, you know, like, it's just... I mean, the people of Townsville would know, and, and Newcastle, I've been there for it. It's just un. Real. I saw a, I saw a video of Andrew Johns after his grand final. <laughs> the jaw was swinging. <laughs> On the skateboard. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be able to teach Callum a thing or two down the street. But yeah, uh, yeah so look, they've got to have success, don't they? And, and that'll probably help that. But um, yeah, of course, it's a concern, particularly if they if they continue to 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 be shit. He is an elite player at his age, at his skill set. He should only get better if he can avoid injury, and he's going to want success. Yeah, I agree, and I've got them in fifth. Um, I actually had them in third, but then I realised <laughs> that I'd get a fourth before, so I've gotten fifth and the ninth. And I'm going to stay with you, Scott, and I'm switching teams around again now. Who will forget the steaming heap that was left at Bankwest Stadium round one of the finals last year? <laughs> the Brisbane Broncos, the odour, the stench has followed them all the way back to Suncorp. <laughs> They've lost Jack Bird. <laughs> Um, look, I think they believe a lot more. You know, their belief is there, but is there talent there, Scott? Oh, it's a silly question. I, I, well, I think it's a good question. I think it's. I think, mate, there is talent there. I mean, you look at you've got Payne Haas, who I I think if Tamalola is is by far the How best. How many fingers you got? Game. You're not going to tell me Darius Boyd. Payne Haas yeah. is a gun, great player. You've got Dave Vafita, who's probably the hottest off contract player there is going around. Matt Lodge, great bloke. Um, even better reform, kisser. Even better kisser. I look at guys like <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Um, I look at guys like Pat Carrigan, Tom Flegler. I think they've got a great forward pack. Yes, the questions are on their back five. I think Jack Bird. You know, I think him going down is is a loss. And I, I was really excited to see what Jack Bird could offer because before he went down, he was an outstanding player. And I mean, playing fullback, I was a bit, had a few question marks around that. But, I mean, he is a big loss. But then you've got Asako, who was the guy who was picked to be the fullback um, at the end of last year, yep. start of this one. If you're going to lose a position for the Broncos, you've lost a centre. Well, I think that's a position they can cover. Darius Boyd won't be there for the whole season. Um, he's retired, even though you picked him up in your in your fantasy side, <laughs> Watsy, that I saw. Jesse Arthurs, I think, is great. I think he's a great signing from the Titans. I think he will he will play and he will start and he will star uh, for them. Katoni Staggs, mate, they've got talent. The, the talent's not a question. It's just about the coach getting the performance out of them each week. I think last year was an absolute shit show. Mate, there was the, a massive cultural problem there. You don't go to a, into a final and get beaten like that. You, they weren't even turning up half of last I don't, year. I don't disagree, but I think the whole last year was a shit show to start with, with the coach swap. I think it's much more settled this year. Mate, I've got them in eighth. I'm not being ridiculous and saying they're going to finish top four or, or win a minor premiership, but... I think when people say the Broncos are going to struggle, Brody Croft, I mean, for, for all reports, he was in the Melbourne system. Yes, they didn't want him, which is a question mark for me, but it's what the Broncos needed. Milford goes back to 5'8". I think there's lots of positives there, but I think it's too easy to focus on negative. Take that smirk off your face. It's a, <laughs> we're in a listening media and you're smiling at me. So I think Broncos will be in the top eight. Luke McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that much spin since um, 
Scotty from marketing started telling us about the coronavirus. <laughs> Since you talked about the Knights last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I agree on the forward pack. I'll give you that. Like, it's, it's, it's a pack that can compete, but can it keep going through the whole season? You know, these young blokes, they... They start like a bullet out of a gate, but a uh, bullet out of a gun. But then, when it sort of gets to the back end of the season and the body's aching, and um, you know, they, some of these guys sort of drop away. Um, but yeah, what's doing in the back here? Like Brody Croft as captain. I mean, it's an interesting one. Um, I agree with that. I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is. Is there? Yeah, it's a very strange one, and. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I really can't even sort of give any explanation as to why that would be. But it does make me wonder what the other players think about that. But um, anyway, um, oh, look, I, I've got them missing the eight, but they're going to be in that mix for uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, just because they generally are. Um, yeah, but they've got some serious problems in the backs. So I want to give it to both of you. Probably Watsy is an impartial, loves to bag the Broncos. We met the great CEO earlier um, in the evening. Does Seabold, is his job under pressure? He's been there one year. This will be his second. He's got a five-year contract. If they don't make the eight, I'm going to step back. Is his job under question? Well, they kind of, in golf, they call uh, day three moving day, don't they? This is moving time for Seabold. I, I think he under-delivered last year. I think their off-season player purchases are questionable. I mean, there probably wasn't a great deal on offer to, you know, in in that defence. Also, um, the way they ended last year is not like a Broncos side would finish a year. The way they turned up last year, it, they weren't playing for each other. Yes, his his job is on the line. You know, maybe it could be a double exit. Paul White's obviously out at the end of the season. It might be a complete broom through the uh, the club, Luke. Yeah, definitely possible. I mean, it just it just shows you though, like coaching is so important. I mean, it always gets deferred back to the players that oh, you know, it's the seventeen guys out there. Coaching is just so so important, and um, not just from a tactical standpoint, which I think Seabold seems like a bit of a tactician, but just more from a man manager standpoint. It, it's just so important to keep some of these guys together as a, as a side, um, playing for each other, and to be able to keep them on the, on the straight and narrow, I guess, you know, keep, keep it, you know, their, their minds on the job, and um, yeah, I don't know, like, Seabold, I have never been a big fan of his, and I think, you know, his success down at the Rabbitohs is maybe something that we could look up in the future, we could look back at it and maybe just realised how lucky he was. Um, luck plays a big part in a lot of people's careers. You know, you need some luck to get a start and some people sort of maybe luck their way into into some some success and premierships and those sorts of things. So, I don't know. I've never been a big fan. Um, but, yeah, he's, oh, he's absolutely under pressure. At a club like the Broncos, where they demand success, the fan base demands success, and rightfully so. You know, they're, they're a cash-rich club. They've got all sorts of benefits that, you know, the, the comp wants and needs a, a, success, a successful Broncos, doesn't it? You know, That's because of, um, you know, TV rights and the way that it works. So, 
Yeah, big time under pressure. I am. Um, the only thing I'd just quickly say is, is we talk about, you know, the Broncos wouldn't do that of old. I have to say, the Broncos have a history of blowing out in finals. I can remember a number of finals to the Storm where we lost by 30, 40 points. This was epically crap, um, let's be honest. I, don't, I think if they don't win this year, they need to have a clean out. I mean, the Broncos are one of those clubs like Melbourne who retain a lot of their players. I think if they don't perform this year, I'd be just doing a clean out of house. I'd be getting rid of a lot of your you know, your, your four, fifth-year guys, and I'd be recruiting players in because I think it is a cultural problem at Brisbane. I think if they, they either win a grand final, I mean, they made the grand final 2015, but since then, every exit, I think, has been above 20 points or 30 points. Boys, we're halfway through, and it's time to look at origin, but before we do that, I'll have a look at my top eight. I've got the Storm coming in first. I'm taking over from Max. He's not here. Roosters in second, Eels third, Panthers wind out the top four. Then we've got the Knights, Cowboys, Sharks, and Rabbits. And the big omission there for mine is the Raiders. You can get, I think, about 6 or $7 for them to miss the eight. Lukey Mack, uh, origin this year looks like uh, for New South Wales to lose, doesn't it? Yes. It's just uh, it's a blue washout, fellas. Uh, just uh, <laughs> sit back and enjoy watching one of the great modern sides just tear through the uh, the two-headed Queenslanders. I'll tell you what, it's been a rough sort of 10 to 15 years previous. but um, It's balancing up, baby. Yeah, it's balancing up. We're, everything's coming back to roost. But, yeah, no, look, it'll be it'll be a tight spell. I think I said 3-0 last year. Um, but uh, the coach, coach whisperer will have to do something pretty special to, to stop a 3-0 this year, I think, so... Um, I mean, Queensland players are dropping left, right and centre. So, yep, uh, pencil it in. Um, I don't know, it would be a decent price. But, uh, yeah, get on the blue baggers. Scott? Yeah, I, I think Queensland. Um, I think Queensland <laughs> will respond pretty well. Um, I, I don't think, if you look at that series from last year, I don't think it was that far gone. If Queensland, a few little moments in each of those games, um, except for that turd that Queensland presented at birth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first game and the third game, I believe, were, were extremely well, close. They won the so first game, a, didn't they? won the first game, so it was closer for Queensland than I thought. I think Queensland, <laughs> I think they're were, they were in it. I think New South Wales were a great side, but I think Maloney was the only reason that New South Wales won last year, and, and they can't call on him, so who steps up? Because Cody Walker probably still has the shits about the one-game comeback. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Scott, there was a, f- a feel around when we were at Charleville with the Queensland squad, wasn't they, that they could believe, and then there's all this crap came in about not mentioning New South Wales. And all that bullshit that Walters brought in. Correct. Now, I think that is against the grain of the Queensland culture. Yep. And um, that's still sticking around this year. To be fair, like I've always found New South Wales to be arrogant, and I don't, I mean, don't mean that in disrespect. Well, I, I kind of do a little bit, but I mean they're an arrogant side, but that seemed to work for them. You know, I grew up in the nineties where New South Wales were quite dominant, even in the early two thousands. Queensland acted like a New South Wales side last year. They didn't go for the underdog tag. They didn't go for the, we're happy to be here. You know, we can just do well. They were very arrogant and we're not going to mention New South Wales. It was just mind games. And we don't usually do that. It was a very un-Queensland-like setup. So if they do that again, um, yeah, New South Wales will win. But if they just get back to their roots and get back to what they're used to doing, Queensland will win. Big shout out to David Fafita. He's still off the Christmas list. Yeah, and Dylan Napa for the in-depth <laughs> conversation we got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is this thing still on? <laughs> I'm Dylan Napa. <laughs> Great chat, Dylan. Thank you. <laughs> hey, let's get back into this, and uh, we start with the West Tigers. They're my tip for the Wooden Spoon this year. They finished ninth in uh, 2019. 
They're definitely an ageing uh, unit, Lukey. Um, on the way down. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Probably um, <laughs> 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 decentish, um, decentish signings. Uh, I mean, I, I think Lay Lua and, and Adam Dewey's two pretty quality signings. Um, Lay Lua, obviously, he needs to be reined in, I suppose would be the word. He needs to make sure that he's got his mind on the job and Dickie seemed to find a way to get him to do that after a few years. Um, so, you know, if he can sort of keep it together, he's, he's, a, he's a super damaging centre. Um, and Adam Dewey, he's, he's just a great player. He's just a great footballer. I really rate that guy. Um, I know he's in the centres this week, but he can sort of cover all sorts of positions. So he'll be very handy. Obviously, you know, the question's around, you know, Benji again. Um, but, you know, he's he defied it to now. Um, so, you know, can he, can he go on? But I, I think, uh, you know, good forward pack, um, rate the pack. And, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how uh, Billy Walters goes at hooker um, this week. And, um, yeah, look, I, I've actually got him in the mix again for, for the eight. Um, I, I, I backed him to finish ninth just because they often do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I don't think they're going to be too bad this year. $26, Scott. Can you see them troubling the scorer? Well, I've written down here, it's like your 21st, what, six, that they can't find a hooker anywhere. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, Billy Walters, to me, is probably one year too early. I think he's probably a bit too green to be starting that position. They did want Harry Grant. Um, they had a bit of a swap deal going with Melbourne. I thought if that went through, I think he's a great young player and it would have been great for both clubs. That might still happen. Um, They're trying to hold on to him, aren't they, Melbourne? Yeah, they are, like Melbourne do, the bastards. They are Lay Lewis. You've got Joey Lay Lewis and Luciano, and there's these two brothers in basketball that when they're on the same team, they dominate. And I've got the same theory about these two. I think they're going to go really, really well. I actually have a bit of a... A bit of a soft spot for the Tigers. I think they'll be outside the eight, but I've got them 11th or thereabouts. Um, I really, and I, I think you made a good point about Joey Leilua. I think Michael Maguire is a bit of a um, disciplinarian, but I think he gets respect from his players. So I think he'll get the same from, from Joey. I think Joey needed a fresh start, and I think he'd be great at the Tigers. I would really look forward to seeing what they do. And, and Adam Dewey, I couldn't agree more. I think he's just a good player. Parker, we'll stick with you, and we go to the pride of the Shire. The Cronulla Sharks finished seventh in uh, 2019. They're going around at $23 in the futures market to win this year's Telstra Premiership. A couple of notable outs, though, uh, this year, Scott. Um, I think they're probably on the slide out, although I've got them in the same spot, seventh. I've got wooden spoon. I, I think something smells at Cronulla. Um, it's like that flake at the fish and chip shop they've left out in the sun for about four weeks. It, it's gone. <laughs> well, I think they're, yeah, I don't rate them at all. Um, I know they got Jess, Jesse Ramian back, which was a big a big signing for them because he played so well with them two years ago, but he left an absolute turd in Newcastle. So, you know, he's he's their big signing. Um, yeah, exactly right. I mean, there's a foul taste in your mouth, I'm sure, Lukey, but... You know, guys like Kyle Flanagan... It's not the beef the, cheeks either. <laughs> <laughs> no, from all reports, the beef cheeks were outstanding. Um, but, you know, they got Jaden Braley, who I thought... talking about food here? Or? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've confused. <laughs> either way, you know what? I'm going to wrap it up. Cronulla Sharks, wooden spoon. Luke? Yeah, no, I've got them, I've got them well outside the eight myself. Um, I think they overachieved last year. I was kind of surprised to see where they ended up last year. Um, they cost me quite a bit of money early on and until I sort of finally gave in and said, okay, they're, they're just sort of winning games 
Um, but yeah, look, this year I, I, I can't see them uh, inside the eight. I thought the forward pack, like last year when I sort of sized it up, I kind of thought, mm, no. This year, I think it's it, it's still got like some some quality players in there. You know, Fafita, um, Nakora, obviously Graham, and Jack Williams is a gun as well. Um, but it's just also got some just stench in there with like Aaron Woods. Oh, I was and, about to say, if you mentioned him in your top forwards, I was about to hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and and Blake Rayley actually is, is a quality quality hooker. Um, but he's young and it's not going to be easy for him. So, Sean Johnson, you know, when, when, you know, sort of looking at the backs, just so rocks or diamonds. Um, and then, and you could probably say that for most of the back line, um, bar Chatty Townsend, who's just sort of really, you know, more of a, more of a rock, I guess. He's just more sort of, um, Solid, I would say, uh, without being sort of too flashy. So yeah, look, I, I sort of got him at twelve, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were a bit lower, as um, Parker sort of suggested. One of the two definite surprises in twenty nineteen were the Manly Seagulls. Uh, they made Brookville the fortress again. They uh, really played out of their skin early on with a stack of injuries. Uh, it looked like the Manly pride of old was back, Luke, and. Um, It'd be interesting to see if they can back it up this year. Mate, I never thought I would say this, but I actually loved Manly last year, like, and, and, I, and I love them again this year. Like, They're actually likeable now out of nowhere, and I think it's mainly on the back of the Dravojevic brothers. Like, They just, you know... Oh, it's like everything that you think about, you know, like playing footy with your brother like in the backyard, and that's how they play the game, you know? Like, they... They're both just great footballers, and it's great to watch. And, yeah, they're likeable again. Guys like Reuben Garrick, you know, like, I remember when he first played last year or the year before, I thought, well, what a goober this bloke is. Like, he's just, <laughs> you know, he just looks shocking. Like, he's got limbs going everywhere, and, no, he's just going to drop the ball. You can just tell he's one of those players. He's just solid as. And, you know, and same with the boot. Like, he's just solid with the kicking, like... Um, yeah, Brad Parker, another one of those. You're just yes. thinking, like, this bloke's a goober, but he just gets <laughs> it done, you know? Like, I really rate him, eh? And, and it's such a shame that they lost, uh, as I said at the top of the show, they lost Finu, um, you know, for, for an undetermined amount of time because I really had him, and they still can, um, but I had him really pressing to win the comp. $12 is good shopping, Scott. I'm buoyant. I've got them second on my ladder. I think they're... I mean, it just shows you what a good, passionate coach can do at a club. I mean, this time last year, I think one of us tipped him to be Wooden Spoon. I think none yeah. of us tipped him to the top eight. And I you're exactly right. Who would have ever thought that Manly would be likeable? They yeah. are such a fun squad to watch. I think Cherry Evans... I, think, I thought he was probably the best captain in the comp last year. Um, just he really right side together. He, he really was the Cherry Evans of old, wasn't oh, he? Oh, Cherry Bobbins was fan-bloody-tastic. They picked <laughs> up Danny Levi from the Knights, Lukey. Um, probably wasn't as consistent as he would have liked to be last year, but he kind of offsets Finu being stood down. But, you I mean, they didn't add anything, but they've got such a good depth in their roster that I think, I think they're fantastic. I think they'll be in the top, I think, second, but I think they'll be in the top four for a few years to come. Bankwest. It'd be interesting to see just quickly. It'd be interesting to see what 
Danny Levi's life. Yeah. Under um, under Desi, you know, like, and and that'll be a real testament to how important the coach is, you know, and and, and because. He's the sort of guy, again, where you sort of, I mean, look, everybody you watch in first grade, pretty much you're thinking, he's got it, but he just doesn't have it all the time. And Levi's a prime example of that, though. And so if he can get it together, that'll that'll really sort of show the difference in, in coaching levels. And is there a better forward um, prop pairing than Tapao and Fanua Blake? Like, that is yeah. just such a weapon one-two punch. Like, they are just big boys, and not only that, they are mobile. They are fast, and they hit hard, and they run hard. And, yep, I mean, they can do it. Um, just the nine was the only question for me, but, um, yeah, up to Seagulls. Well, I mean, Trent Barrett could got nothing out of them with Bunning Shed, like Bunning Shed equipment, you know, with the old <laughs> garden chairs and whatnot, and... And nothing really has changed off the field, but they're just such a success on it. I think a loser coach, and I think Nathan Brown, great bloke. I think a bit of a loser coach. I don't think he's got that winning. And, and Des won't stand for anything but the best. I think Danny Lee will be great, and so will Manly. Parramatta Eels are the tip of a lot of good judges for this year's Premiership. They've made Bankwest Stadium into an absolute fortress. They play a very attractive uh, style of football, Scott. Uh, can definitely beat anybody on their day. Uh, have you got them in the mix? Yeah, I've got them top four, mate. I think um, Ryan Madison with the Tigers. I think the, the Tigers did not want to lose him. I think he's a great addition uh, to their forward pack. I think Regan Campbell-Gillard, he underperformed last year. I don't think he wanted to be at Penrith, was looking for an escape. I think he'll love um, playing at Para. I think Para could potentially win the comp. Um, I think they'll be top four, but they might um, – yeah, I've said fourth, but they might move somewhere up there. I think, they, I think they look good. Well, they got no excuse. Um, they'll be fantastic. I think Mitch Moses went up a gear. He's always been on the cusp, but I think last year was outstanding. And, and yeah, there's no reason why they should fall back. I think they'll be, yeah, right there in the mix this year. Lukey? Yeah, pretty much the same. I guess the only question mark would be with... Um, there's some questions over Sevo at the moment. Um, so he's named round one. What's that? He's playing round one. Yeah, he's playing round one, but is there not a, a, a potential issue moving forward? Or uh, Fiji and court mate, so they've got a hundred thousand dollars in a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, waiting outside the embassy as we speak. Right, no, I, I heard the judge might go missing or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, yeah, all clear. Premiership. <laughs> as he's wearing a Parramatta jersey and a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, look, they're definitely going to be in the mix. Um, you know, Parker's pretty much covered it all. Very attractive to watch, um, as you said, Watsy. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely going to be in the mix. I had him for you. Uh, staying with you, Luke, the uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, $10, a big signing of Latrell Mitchell, pretty much halved their quote. I thought they were a bit of an underachiever last year. They somehow finished fourth. Uh, I think they were in and out, in and out, weren't they, Uh for that back half of the year, there was no consistency. Where do you see them fitting in? Yeah, look, uh, they had some injury issues, I think, last year at, at sort of the wrong time to um, some key players. So that, that you know, is, is obviously a big part of, of this sort of, of game, isn't it? You know, you, you, know you, you do all the stuff at the start of the season, you look through, you have a look on paper, and yeah, OK, it looks great, um, but you got to stay fit. Um, I mean, Manly showed that last year, didn't they, where they they really had no no depth, but they were able to 
bring blokes in that were able to do, do a job even when they had a few injuries. Um, and, and that's sort of a, a, big, a big question. I think with with the Rabbitohs, I think... I'm, I'm not sure on them. I'm not, I'm not sold. Um, obviously, they've got the super coach there, which is going to be a big benefit. Um, and, you know, they've got the best... Well, they've got Damien Cook. He's not the best booker, maybe, but he's certainly in the conversation. Um, and he, you know, he's got a great um, ally there in, in Cam Murray. It, it's littered with, with some talent, but I still do have some question marks overall. Um and Latrell Mitchell, I'm I'm not convinced on him, on him at fullback. Um, you know, I'm, I hope he proves me wrong. But I, I've I've got him at six. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if they um, if they're a bit of a, a steaming pile this year. Scotty, I, I, the Latrell Mitchell signing to me it, it screams of a Chrissy Sandow. Mm. I, I think he's going to be a flop. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, he's got a massive chip on his shoulder. I would we not be putting my hopes. <laughs> would not be putting my hopes on Latrell Mitchell. I've actually put the Rabbitohs at ninth, and doing my research, they've lost six hundred and sixty-seven games of NRL experience um, in the off-season, and the names they've lost: John Sutton, who was, you know, he was bare wanker. bones, <laughs> wanker, <laughs> but he was a skeleton. He wasn't really offering too much. Greg Inglis, <laughs> who went early on, Sam Burgess, George Burgess. Adam Dewey, they've lost a lot of good players, and, and Lukey talked about their depth. I think they're lucky, and I think this changeover of coaches, I'm expecting the steaming pole. Three teams to go, Scott, and we're going to keep with you with last year's minor premiers, the Melbourne Storm. They keep on keeping on, don't they? Um, every year we strike them off as uh, getting older, getting lazier, but they just keep on... Surprising. Yeah, the uh, they're year. a model of consistency. <laughs> Here we go again. They're a model of consistency. Uh, I've got them on top again this year, but uh, as we said off air, it's a, it's a pretty tough season, isn't it, to come up with uh, any type of structure to your predictions. But uh, the Melbourne Storm, they're $6.50. They are the second line of betting. I've gone 10th outside the eight. They've got to drop off. Yep, you heard it. 10th. 10th. Um, Cameron Smith is, what's he turning? 48. Are we uh, going to cut this out as well? No. <laughs> you know what? This is less sensitive than what I said before. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's very hard to main, maintain success in the NRL. They've got Craig Bellin, who, yeah, he's the greatest coach in the modern era. They've got all their systems in place, but I, I just the wheels have to come off, and I want to be the first person to predict it. That, that's the only reason why. I want to look back on this moment in all the shameful things I've done and say, remember when I tipped Melbourne? To finish 10th. Do you know that I backed against Black Caviar 24 times and I also backed against Winks about 28 times? There you go. I'm still, I'm still not going to jump off the Melbourne bandwagon. No, that's fine. I don't think many people should, but they've got to go backwards. I mean, they've lost Will Chambers this year. He won't be there. And I mean, Will Chambers wasn't outstanding by, by any means. The other thing you want to say, don't you, too, is Brody Croft's the signing of 2020. Oh, I, I think oh, it's going to be interesting. I'd love to say that, but I don't know. But, but Melbourne, they get it right. But I just, mate, I just something's going to go wrong for Melbourne. Clearly, you disagree, Luke. Oh, look, mate, I, I know exactly where you're at, Parker. I've done it for the last couple of years. Um, you know, watch this; the wheels are going to fall off. But nah, not this year for me. I'm, I'm, I'm back with them. I've got them on top. They are just minor premiership. Yep, they're going to do it again. Wow. Oh, I, I just, I can't see, I can't see a fault in that side. 
like honestly, like my opinion is is that losing Croft is just makes it all the better. Like yeah. there's no headaches there. Like he he shouldn't have been in the side and wasn't at the back end. Um yeah, it's just how can you fault it? Like I really can't even tell you anyone that I think is bad. Like I mean, there's a bit of a question mark over the centre pairing, but even not really. Like I just think they'll just lift just like they always do. Any side that comes into that system just knows their role and yeah, I've got them on top. And I just think if you watch one game and you're not a supporter of it, make sure you watch this one this weekend. Um, what a cracking cracking lineup there with um, the Eagles and the Storm first up. And Puppenhausen will be interesting too. I think he'll have a, a huge year. Um, but again, in a 10th place side. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lukey, that moves us on to last year's runner-ups. They exceeded all expectations last year. Um, they imported well. Um, Ricky got them to gel. And it's all off the back of their new sponsor, Pornhub. We talk of the Camberators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, um, yeah, this is a... Is it a real? Is it a? Is it a real sticky wicket for the Raiders? You know, like they they, they could have a big hangover here and miss the eight. Oh, look, possible, but I think I think they've got it again. I think I think they're going to be right in the mix again, and I've got them. I've got them in the four. But I'm really interested to see, um, yeah, just just how they sort of how they sort of come again. Like they had a chance last year to win it, you know, and and I just wonder. I want like I think teams go. One of two ways after after something like that. Either they are like, we were so close and we were so hungry and we're gonna we're gonna get back there again, um, or they just yeah sort of capitulate a little bit. Obviously they've got um, Bateman out for a little bit. He's a big is out, a isn't lot. he? Um, uh, he's right in the elite sort of category for uh, for second rowers. He was unreal last year, but they've got a lot of depth. How good was Papali last year? Yeah, unreal. Unbelievable. Uh, and then all reports from this George Williams is that um, he, he can really play some football. So oh, I'd say that's going to be an upgrade from, from what they had in the half last year. Um, Curtis Scott, obviously, in the centres. Um, but that could be something. But he's one of those sort of guys that you just don't know which way it's going to go. As I said, I've got him. I've got him in the four. I've got him third. But um, I really hope they do press on, and, and and I'd love to see the Raiders win the comp. Scott, the NRL is just such a funny one. I mean, you've got players who are available, players who are injured, and players facing police charges. I feel like we've had about eight <laughs> players that we've had a question mark, not because of an injury, but because they're due for a court appearance later in the year. And Curtis Scott's another one of those. Canberra's so hard because they they go so well. The next year they fall out. I think they're going to break that cycle. Um, yeah, I think George Williams will be great. I think Sam Williams was a very didn't really offer much in the way of excitement. Was more just a safe. I think George will be different to that. Um, I've actually picked him as minor premiers. I think they're going to break that cycle. They will lose a few in the early rounds, maybe with uh, with Bateman gone. But I think they'll hit their strides. I don't think they'll win the comp, but I'm going to say that they will finish the season as the top team on the ladder. 
And Scott, uh, finishing with last year's premiers, the uh, Sydney Roosters. Obviously, Latrell Mitchell, a big out there. But they've won the last two years. They've been pretty dominant. They've had a really well a structured season, haven't they? They've always finished on a roll. They have that mid-season lull. It's, uh, it's almost been a perfect season for both years. They did get a scare in the grand final by the Raiders, but I think the best team won on the night. Can they go the three-peat? Are they a big contender? Oh, I think they'll always be a contender. But, I mean, I think the Roosters were the only side last year that we knew they had another gear, and they went to that. There was a midway point where we said, what, what Roosters... They've been, on, they've been on the gear. <laughs> well, <laughs> potentially, it is the NRL. <laughs> Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> they took a visit at Coffs Harbour as well. No, I, um, I've said sixth. I think they'll make the top eight. I think... Um, but it'll be a good sixth, if that makes sense. Like, it won't be... They won't be threatening to fall out of the eight. I think um, Cole Flanagan, the new halfback, I think he's a good player. He's very good for the Sharks when he filled in there. But losing Kronk's got to hurt. I mean, just the inspirational value that Kronk bring, the the winner that he was. I mean, they're a great side. Um, also, yeah, Latrell Mitchell's um, addition by subtraction. I don't think it's going to hurt too much. But Angus Crichton playing in the centres is a bit of a question mark. I don't know how he goes there. Um, but they'll be in the top eight. They'll finish sixth. They'll probably finish higher. They'll probably make me look stupid and win the comp, but I, I don't think so. I in think a Quinella with the storm. I think sixth place. <laughs> uh, paint me stupid and hopefully I'm lucky. <laughs> Lukey, uh, how do you see the Roosters faring? Yeah, I've got them in the four. Um, I think around fourth more likely, though. Um, so, and I agree with Park. I think it'd be like a good fourth, you know, like where they're, they're, they're right in and around it for pretty much most of the season. Oh, you know, like the natural thing is obviously thinking, oh, Kronk a massive loss. And and he is, in a way, but I, I, I just feel like Kiri's sort of taken on a lot of You're right. what, what Kronk's given in the last few years. And, you know, you've only got to think about that grand final where Kronk was all but, you know... Nothing really. He was, he was he was offering nothing apart from a bit of talk and running a few decoys, really. And it was like a flagpole of the jersey. The show, you know, like I think that they can they can press. I don't think they're going to win the comp, um, but I don't think that Kronk is as big a loss maybe as what everybody instantly thinks, and that could mean that there's some value there at some stages, um, possibly early on. Um, yeah, you, you you couldn't possibly say that they couldn't win it though, because um, it's just it's stacked. That side is stacked, and it'll be a contender for, for some time. Boys, uh, people have sat through fifty uh, nine minutes of quality audio. I bet they <laughs> to get to this part now, uh, this is where I post you uh, some big. Well, some big, um, what do we call them? Parker? Predictions. Predictions, Questions. yeah. The, the words eluded me there. And uh, so over to Lukey. It is It is this late at night. Uh, and over to Lukey Mack for some good angles uh, to hopefully make a couple of dollars for our Western listeners because they're on the bones of their ass after uh, 18 and 19. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and obviously, you know, with uh, the economy down, the share market down, it's not easy to get your hands on some dollars. However, <laughs> despite all that, and my inconsistencies over last year. Actually, I've tipped a few. Hey, listen, I've tipped a few with But, okay, here we go. Oh, I think I mentioned one earlier, which I think is uh, is quite tasty, which is um, the Titans to make the eight. 
um, at a at a big old price. And if you can't get a decentish price, it should be around six fifty ish or seven bucks. Uh, actually, tightens to finish eight directly or finish seventh because I can't see them sort of improving too much more than that. Um, and those are sort of like forty and fifty dollars respectively. Um, Knights and Titans to both make the top eight. It's around sort of eighteen dollars, and probably the bet that I like the best is uh, the Titans to finish higher than the Warriors at uh, two dollars fifty. Some couple of good angles there. My uh, my couple are the Knights to make the six, the Doggies to make the eight. The Raiders to miss the eight, and the what top price is that? That must be a decent old price. Seven dollars, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, the Tigers to get the spoon at around nine dollars. So a bit of bit of value there, uh, Parker. Yeah, I reckon the best one I've got, which will likely happen, is Penrith to make the top four at four dollars fifty. I think that's. I think they're going to be great this year. I think they're going to be really much improved. So four dollars fifty there. I don't know what the price is of Storm to miss the eight, but I imagine it's. <laughs> I imagine it's paying a fair bit because it's ridiculous, but it'll happen. Uh, <laughs> and I'd like to know the price $5 for the shot. Five dollars fifty, surprisingly. Five dollars fifty. It should be bigger, you'd have thought. So, well, it, yeah, well, there you go. Might be onto something. Uh, maybe there's an Asada <laughs> scandal. He heard that last night maybe there's well. a Maybe there's another <laughs> boat hiding in Cameron Smith's shed they don't know about that's about to get released. And um, and I'd look at the Sharks to be the wooden spoon. That'll be a bit of value there for you as well. As always, it's good to catch up and uh, do our preview for the 2020 NRL season. And uh, we should catch up again for our mid-season report cards around that uh, round 12 mark. Luke McDonald from the Gold Coast, all the best. Thanks, Jan. And Scott Parkinson, it's always been a pleasure. Yeah, always a pleasure, boys. Thank you, Lukey. And a big thanks again to uh, the good folk at 4LG and West FM and the Resonate Network for allowing us into the studios uh, late of an evening. Uh, And all the best and good punting.